Hello, everyone. This is Dovi Shapiro, and today I will be interviewing Rabbi Yosef Romano Shliach to Berkeley, California, on the topic of virtual assistance. I want to say thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to share your experiences and help Shluchim have more Hatzlacha in their Shluchas. Thank you, Dovi. Appreciate it. Before we begin, I would like to thank our sponsors, Fassman Jewelers, Machon Stam, and Leasing Direct. Thank you for making the podcast available to all Shluchim. So let's get right to it. The topic of virtual assistant is extremely important for Chabad houses. In general, as we grow as Chabad houses, we should be bringing in people to do all the work um, in the office and just general um, being um, assistants um, and office managers and doing all the things that we don't need to do. And sometimes it's hard to find someone locally. And uh, you, the, the whole idea of having a virtual assistant is very appealing to a lot of shluchim. But there's many roads um, and many, many um, hurdles to get over in order to get there. And you've had a, a, a great experience with this, and you also have what to share with Shluchim, um, how to find good, trustworthy virtual assistants. And if you could just share with us, if you have any, you know, share with us your experience and how you think other Shluchim could benefit, and then we could get to the details. Okay, definitely. Um, so mainly my I'm not relying so much on my experience, but what I learned from a friend of mine who really has all the experience. I initially got into the idea of virtual assistants after hearing a Shluchan podcast with, I think it was Mendy. I forgot his name. Sorry. But uh, you have a virtual assistant. Mendy Talden. Thank you. So Mendy Talden, it was a very nice podcast. And he mentioned in there that he got his virtual assistant from uh, secretaries in Israel. And I happened to know the lady who ran that business very well because she was involved in our community for a long time. So I phoned her up and she said, Hey, Yosef, I'm going to give you to be a master at recruiting VAs, virtual assistants, and uh, I'm going to make you the go-to guy for Shluchim. So I'm like, great. So she gave me the rundown. She taught me everything she knows. And um, I want to share it with Shluchim. Excellent. So wait, you're still involved in it right now? Um, so I'm not involved in the business. I, she gave me a, she gave me the training to how to acquire my own VAs. I got a virtual assistant to help me with uh, Chabad Suite, and I also have one that I used for Shluchas as well. Got it. So you're just really you just do this as a service to help Shluchim be able to um, do a better job at, at connecting with a good virtual assistant. Hundred percent. I'm just yeah. The, the biz, Oh, so yeah. Let me clarify that the business secretaries in Israel. I don't think exists anymore. I think she sold it uh, quite a few years ago. Right now, she's still involved in recruiting, but it's more on a uh, you know person-to-person basis and not online. So uh, she she's not doing that business. She taught me everything she knows, and she is happy to share it for me to share it with Shlokham. Oh, I got it. So they're not going through any specific company. This is you're just you you can actually help Shliach find a virtual assistant in Israel um, even without going through a, a company. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to explain how the, how this business secretary in Israel, what method they use Perfect. to get their virtual assistants. Um, yeah. Perfect. So let's just start with the, um, the question number one. Why are VAs um, from Jerusalem the best? Like, why why is it so important to get someone from Jerusalem? Why is that better than than uh, than anywhere else? Okay, so that was really kind of the secret sauce to secretary, secretaries in Israel, uh, focusing on Jerusalem. The reason is because there's a lot of Anglophones who make Aliyah and settle in Jerusalem. They are often, very often, college-educated, very, very smart, and they don't speak Hebrew so well. They're not fluent in Hebrew, and 
So finding a job for them in Jerusalem is very difficult. And even if they do find a job, it doesn't pay very well. So it's an opportunity to help them in getting good employment. And, as well, and at the same time, you get to benefit from their uh, skilled work at a very, very reasonable price. Beautiful. So how do you get the um, – how do you find – like if, if I want a virtual assistant from Jerusalem, where am I going um, to find that? Okay, so here's the method. So there's a website called janglo.net, J-A-N-G-L-O.net, and a big button at the top, orange button called post the message. This uh, allows you to post just as you would on Craigslist uh, a message to the board, to the, to this, on this message board for the residents of J- Jerusalem to see. And this is obviously a website that's um, targeting Anglophones. So it gives you access to your looking to target and uh in the post there's there's a specific way you want to post you don't want to just you know put anything there's a method that's tried and true from the secretaries in israel and i'm going to share that as well so first thing is a good idea is to always use you know don't use the full name use a fake email or an email that you know you're not going to be annoyed if it gets spammed a little bit because you're going to get a lot of, of replies um and also you don't want people looking you up and researching you you don't have to let people know who you are. You're the one hiring. You want to you wanna be the one in control over here. In the subject line, very important to put the amount you're paying. So how much to pay is going to depend on what you need, how fast you need it, the length you're hiring for, but it's generally going to vary between 10 and 15. 15 is a, $15 an hour is a very well-paid uh, virtual assistant for Israel. Um, if I understand correctly in, in Jerusalem, a, a regular paying, paying job for these, uh, these candidates is usually around $9 an hour. So they're making good money. When you're paying them $10 an hour to $15 an hour, this is good money for them. So you want to put how much you're paying in the subject line. You know, you would just simply write looking for virtual assistant, $12 an hour, so on and so forth. It depends how much you want to sift, how eager you are to find someone good. And also if you're hiring for long term and, you know, bigger jobs, it's easier to uh, it's easier to acquire a good sec- to secretary at a lower rate as well. In the description, so you want to just write, you know, very simply, um, you know, Arizona-based Jewish center looking for, for someone to help with uh, whatever it is you need help with. You know, just give a brief description, describe the skills needed, make sure you put that fluent in English is important. You want, you know, English speakers only. Um, and, you, and you can describe the the different you're looking for in this particular virtual assistant you do not need to rely on one virtual assistant for every single job so you could multiple virtual assistants you could find one that's really good let's say with database entry and uh, management and she could do that for let's say 10 hours a week you could hire at 10 hours a week and then you could find another one who's really good with marketing and pay her for 10 hours a week to do only marketing as well. So that's something that is um, in consideration, could be very, very helpful. Rather than have that's only good at one thing, but you're giving her all the jobs. Um, so it's something to take into consideration as well. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I now, think another that's question that I have is, is uh, you get all these responses 
Um, I don't know how many responses come in, but when when a post is is made like this, um, but I would imagine it sounds like for you, you you will get a lot. How do you sift through them to find the best ones? I guess it's like any time you're interviewing anyone. But what are, what are the methods that you've learned? That uh, how do you find someone who's really good? Okay, right. So you're going to get a lot of messages. You know, at least you know the the times I've posted, I've gotten at least thirty responses each time. And it could be a little overwhelming and time-consuming as well. So this is what I've learned. So when looking at the replies, you want to find, you want to um, put aside anybody who did not write a professional message. If they're just putting a one-liner, hey, I'm interested, reach out or something. Don't bother. You know, you want people who are actually, uh, and they're read, they're taking the time to write a nice email. You know, hi, Mr. So and So, Rabbi So and So. I am this, you know, you, you want a paragraph, well punctuated, capital letters at the beginning, signed off properly, an attached resume at the bottom, and you want to make sure the message is good. That's the first thing you look for. If the message is good, then you open the resume. And again, you want to look at the resume. You want to look that it's well written, clean, easy to read. Um, this person's going to be writing emails or writing your letters. You want to know that they're able to do a good job. And uh, you want to see that there's proper margins, proper spacing. Uh, that the whole thing is in a singular font and you don't have, you know, wild uh, font and colors going on. These are basic things you're, you're, you're looking for in the resume before even really reading it. Um, then you want to read it, right? You want to see what this person's capable of. You want to see what their skill set is, skill set is, what their situation is. And very important is to look through the job history, right? You're looking, you want to see what the previous jobs were, if they had any connection to what you're looking for this VA to do. Also, you want to see that they were consistent with jobs and that they didn't skip from one job to the other every other month, that they've kept jobs for multiple years. And if there's a gap of three years, why, why is there that gap? Um, you know, this is something you're going to need to ask and find out. Um, why did this person leave the job market? Um, also, you want to, you want to, you want to call references and, you know, should I get into that? Should I call, speak about references as well? Um, for sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let me go ahead. So references. So next thing is you, you want to make sure it's references and sometimes they'll put them, sometimes not. You could ask them with, with an email, what are the references, uh, that you can call. Take your time, call the references, ask them about the job. Just clarify, make sure that the dates that they wrote for that, that, that they wrote, they work for that job are accurate. Um, and then you want to see that, uh, you want to ask if they did a good job person excellent and a very good question is if there's one thing you could change about this employee what would it what would it be i think that's a very key question it's very telling on how the person is going to answer that if if this employee is who you're looking to hire most often you're going to get answering machines a good voicemail to leave is uh you know excuse me mr so-and-so I don't want to take up a lot of your time, but I have this person I'm looking to hire. If this person was an excellent employee and leave your phone number, or you should leave them your email. Um, and that's going to be very telling. Also, if they take a time to call you back, it's going to be a good sign that this uh, is a good candidate to, to work for your Chabad house. Nice. Good. Very good points. Each one of them. Excellent. Um, I mean, all of this is important in general for hiring. So, it's uh, like, for example, with the um, following up, 
with the calling the references, I think is one of the things that naturally, as human beings, we like to push off. Um, yeah, well, they seem good. You know, why do I need to call the references? But uh, it's so important um, to actually follow up and call those references. So what if you don't need a full-time VA? Um, like, what kind of commitment do you need to be ready for? Um, is it something which you could just hire someone for a few hours in the week, or um, is it? Uh, are they really looking for more full-time work? That's a good question. So, not necessarily. I've hired for five hours a week. Um, I've hired for small jobs. You don't need to commit. So it depends on what you need. You post. And even for five hours a week, you'll get someone who's consistent with those five hours. A lot of time, a lot of times these ladies have jobs and because of the time difference, they're able to do your work in the evenings at night when the kids are in bed, so on and so forth. So it's very beneficial for them to have that extra side income. It is very possible to hire a full-time secretary, a virtual assistant in Israel. Plenty available who would love to do that. But even if you're a small Chabad house starting off, it's very valuable to get started with a VA and get comfortable with using VAs with even a five-hour-a-week job. Find something to do. Those five hours, just come up with something. And even if you can't fill the five hours, you know, in one week she works three hours, you'll still pay her five hours. It's worth it. You paid an extra 20 bucks. But at least it gets you into that mode and gets you used to, to delegating work, work out and as you grow, the VA hopefully will be able to grow with you. So I, I want to ask this important question. You know, we're talking about the whole process, which I think is so important because some people, you know, they, they don't even want, they don't know how to begin with it because they feel like it's an overwhelming process. Where do you even start? So this was great for anyone who's thinking about it. But what if someone is just wondering, you know, what is, how is a virtual assistant going to help me? Or the fact, don't I need someone in my office um, itself in order to be able to do the work? How, um, give us some ideas. Just throw out as many ideas as you can just to share how it's possible for someone working in Jerusalem um, to be able to help you with your office work. Um, it's very helpful, and, and I'm going to give you some examples where it could be helpful. A lot of times we don't, we, we don't call people to invite them to our programs, to our classes, so on and so forth, but it still remains the most effective way to get people to show up. No matter how much marketing you do on Facebook, email, so on and so forth, if you call them and invite them, you'll have that much more chance of them showing up. So having a secretary who will sit down and go through your list and call the people that, uh, and to invite them to your class or to your upcoming event is very valuable. Also, making lists for upcoming mailings if you want to sift through your list and find only the people, you know, that donated a certain amount or people who are involved in a certain way, a secretary could be very valuable for that. Uh, sending out your emails, keeping track of who's signing up for events, uh, just keeping tabs on what's going on in the back end of the moisture when you're out and about, who's signing up for your programs, who's donating, sending out the, the, the donation receipts on time, uh, communicating with people who are, interacting with your website or your emails. So I'm going to have to get more organized and uh, keep better track of things. I need to do so. And the impact is, 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 is pretty amazing. Wonderful. Um, just a, a practical question. When someone gets a phone call from someone from Jerusalem, um, is, is that, is that oh, and they don't, have no idea who this person is, um, people who are involved in your Chabad, don't they realize that this, this person is not, they never met, this uh, Hani who works in Jerusalem, who's working in your office, um, or does it not matter? That, 
Very good question. Almost all of them have American phone lines, so that's that's not a problem. They'll all they'll all be calling from an American phone number, um, and you know the area code might not be from the state where you're in, but you know with cell phones nowadays, nobody really. I don't think people expect to only see their area their area code on their caller oh, ID. That works for people who are not involved, but people who are involved in your organization and like they get a phone call um, from someone they don't they don't even know. Meaning by me, everyone knows who works in my office. Um, how would they? Is it not? Is it not awkward? Is it not interesting? I'm just curious your experience. My my experience has, has been only positive. You, if you have a good VA who's able to introduce yourself and say, "Hi, I'm new at Chabad of so and so, and you know, I'm I'm going through the list that the rabbi gave me," he really would like you to show up to his class, and and I think it it goes over very well. I haven't seen any issue with that. Mm-hmm. I think that's a very important thing in general. If you're hiring someone, and that's an important criteria, not everyone who is um, comfortable doing office work is comfortable making phone calls, um, and you don't want to just hope for it. So if you, the more specific you could be when you're, when you're looking to hire, the better it is. And knowing that someone's really comfortable getting on the phone is not something you could just you know, ho- hope for once you hire them. 100%. 100%. I mean, I, I have one VA who's very good with phone calls, and she's only doing phone calls. Um, and I wouldn't give her anything else. And I, once I asked her if she would be interested in writing up uh, marketing emails, and she wasn't. And I'm, you know, you don't want you don't want to give somebody that work if they're not interested in it. On the other hand, I hired once a VA who had extensive experience with Word, with Microsoft Word, and I had her clean up a spreadsheet for me that was a little bit, you know, messy. And I wanted to import these contacts. And it took her a really long time, you know, maybe at least twice as long as it would have taken me. And so I decided not to continue with her because obviously that wasn't um, her best skill. So you, you have to see what the, what the VA's skill is and really hone in on that. And it, if you want to have two or three VAs, it's very doable. All right, so you gave a few examples of how um, they could help, and, and I'm sure there's so many more um, ideas of how this can happen and how to make it successful um, because there's, I mean, just, just like having any, anyone working in your office, we all know that when you hire someone, they, they end up finding so many more things that, that they could do that you don't need to be doing um, so you, that you could grow your organization. Um, so th- that's not even a question. But one other question I want to ask is um, just in general communicating. How are you communicating? Are you communicating where as things come up, you, you send them over, or are you having meetings like on Mondays, the beginning of the week, meetings with everything that, that, that needs to be done, um, or are you having a combination of the two? Um, so it depends on what VA, what the project is. Uh, one VA, she just does calls. She knows exactly where to find the leads. Um, we have it all set up. And she just contacts me via, via WhatsApp, maybe email, if she has any questions, but she just does the work and, uh, and that's it. In another case, it's more maybe on a project basis. So I'll ask the secretary, hey, do you have time to do this and this? And she'll say yes or no and do the project. And then, you know, it's not with, with that VA, I don't have a continuous engagement with her. It's project-based. So whenever I have something, I just see if she has the time for it and I, I send it to her. And so really it's going to depend on, on what the project is and who is your VA. I think that's another important thing that that you just, you know, touched upon that, you know, they end up kind of just doing the work and they ask you and they have questions. I think a lot of times we get overwhelmed to hire someone because we feel like we're going to have to spend so much time um, telling them what to do. But really it's not like that. Someone who's capable um, that comes into the organization, they end up learning what needs to be done on an ongoing basis and they get it done. And and when you have 
you know, five, ten things that they're doing, and eventually it could be 20, 30 things that they're doing in the organization on a consistent basis, those things are just suddenly, they're just happening. And when they have questions, they come to you. But it, it, it's not, yes, it's a commitment up front, but it saves a tremendous amount of time in the future. 100%, 100%. It's really worthwhile, and it, it, it's just even that much more worthwhile to take the time to make sure you have the right one before you invest your time in training her because you, you want to make sure that she's committed to the job and that's what she's looking to do, to have a, this extra 10 hours a week with you, so on and so forth. You don't want someone who's dabbling while they hope to get another job and won't take it seriously. Make sure that the VA is serious about working for you. Once you have that, then it gets really easy. Before I ask my last question, I would like to say that Leasing Direct is a leading auto leasing company servicing customers in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Pennsylvania, and Florida. When it comes to Shluchim's automobile needs, Leasing Direct goes the extra mile to work with each Shliach's individual needs and budget, making the new car buying or leasing process completely hassle-free. Call Leasing Direct today at 718-493-0600, and one of their dedicated team members will be happy to assist you. Thank you, Leasing Direct, for sponsoring this week's Shluchim podcast. Rabbi Romano, do you have any last thoughts that you would like to share with Shluchim on this topic about making um, a virtual assistant uh, the most successful? I want to encourage Shluchim to try it out. Really, next time you have an upcoming project, you have an extra task that you feel it makes you a little stressed to have to do this extra task, go on jangler.net, just post it, and just try it out. Try it out one time. Once you try it, once you see it works, it really becomes addictive and it becomes so much more productive. I, it's a huge benefit to, to the one who uses it. So just try it out. Worst case, it'll cost you $20, $30, $40, $50, and it's worth the experience. Thank you, Rabbi Romano, for sharing with Shluchim about your Hatzlacha and unique approach to a virtual assistant. We really appreciate your time. Thank you, Dovi. Really appreciate your work with this. My pleasure. This is Dovi Shapiro, and I would like to thank all the Shluchim that continue to give feedback. For all previous podcasts, go to shluchimpodcast.com. It's simple. You create an account. You get approved, um, and you get an email that says that you are approved to have access to the podcast, uh, to, to, to the website, and you can listen to all previous podcasts. Make it a great week.